Hello, and welcome to the Work and Worship Podcast, the podcast for Christian entrepreneurs to explore how their faith impacts their businesses, their homes, and their lives. I'm your host, Jordan Jones. You are in the right place if you believe that your work matters, both in your business and in your homes, and that how we work as Christians should look different than the rest of the world. We believe that everything we do can and should be an act of worship unto the Lord, and that by doing excellent work, we can honor and glorify God in all that we do. Join us each week as we navigate how to steward our lives and work well, how to step into who God is calling us to be at home and in our businesses, and how to do that all without sacrificing the things that matter most. Let's dive in. You guys have all heard this before, I'm sure, but your money really is in your list. It's not an original Jordan Jones quote. It's one that has been shared and championed over and over and over again by marketers and business owners everywhere. And that's because it's true. Growing your email list is one of the most profitable ways to grow your business, especially if you're pivoting into online products or digital courses. But while we may all know that growing an email list is important, actually prioritizing it in our business, that's a whole other thing. And I get it. I have been there too. There are seasons of our business that we were so heads down, focused on just serving our clients well or creating, launching new offers that we just totally neglected our list. Like for months, guys, we just never, never showed up or emailed them unless we had to launch or sell something or we had an opening. And that not only hurts service-based businesses when your leads start drying up or they start feeling ignored, but it's also not the greatest way to launch and scale digital offers either. But the reality for many of us is that while we know that email marketing is important, it just doesn't feel very important in our day-to-day operations, right? It's one of those important, not urgent tasks in the Eisenhower matrix. If you've never heard of this idea before, it's one of the concepts that I still remember from my marketing degree back in college. I feel like most of what I've done as an entrepreneur and in business, like I didn't learn at all in my marketing and management degrees, but this is one that has stuck with me. The idea of the Eisenhower matrix is that it's a four grid matrix. If you can kind of picture a square chopped into four squares and at the top, the label is urgent and not urgent. And on the left-hand side, it's important and not important. And unfortunately, for many of us, we can really easily fall into the side of urgent and not important, which just winds up sucking up our time and doesn't move our business forward. That's those kind of tasks. And they're usually more time-sensitive tasks, but they're also tasks that aren't really important for driving our business forward. There are a lot of times ones that could be delegated or automated, But we wind up spending so much time in this area of the matrix, the urgent and not important, that we neglect to focus on way more important box, and that's the important and not urgent box. And these are things that require your attention and usually means you need to like block out a chunk of time to actually do them. But because we're so busy putting out fires or working in our business, we never make the time to actually work on the business even on important things like growing and nurturing our email lists. So today on the podcast, I want to talk to you guys all about our email lists, why they're important, and some simple steps for you to help prioritize both growing it and nurturing it. So first, let's talk about why you even need an email list. In the marketing world, the email list is one of the only audiences that you actually own. It could feel great to have 10,000 followers on Instagram, 
or a fancy blue check mark, which you know, you can pay for now. But the reality is that the algorithms on social media are constantly changing. And Instagram or Twitter or threads you might be blowing up on or TikTok, all of those platforms can shut down your account whenever they feel like it. And all of that audience building and all of the work that you're putting into those platforms could disappear overnight. And not to scare you about that, but what's great about having an email list is that you can grow it in tandem with how you're growing on social media. So you don't really need to choose one over the other, but if you're spending all that time and energy on growing your presence and growing your audience on social media, then please, 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 please get them on your email list too. Not only is it going to give your business better stability and growth, it's going to serve your people a whole lot better too. I like to think of the social media and email marketing relationship this way. Social media is kind of like the intro, the handshake, right? When you're just first meeting someone, oh, like your your first impressions are just kind of like the casual banter, right? And the email is the wooing, the courting, the proposal. And don't get me wrong, plenty of people have success selling on social media, but I would argue that it's way easier and more sustainable to do that through email marketing. Not only are you going to be able to get in front of your people more regularly or more easily instead of fighting against an algorithm just to appear in someone's feed that is already following you, but you'll be able to serve them and sell in a really natural way and in a way that can be pretty hands-off if you have good funnels and email sequences in place to serve them and sell to your list without more of your time and energy to do it. Unlike on social media where you're constantly showing up because things are disappearing or falling to the bottom of the feed. Plus, research shows that people prefer to be sold to via email rather than on social media. I mean, most of us are not going on Instagram to get sold to. That's not to say we're not going to be influenced to buy the new Stanley Cup that everyone seems to have now, but the preferences of consumers seem to be easier to be sold or they prefer to be sold via email than social media. In fact, there was a study last year by Constant Contact that showed that 60% of consumers say they've purchased as a result of a marketing email they received versus only 12.5% of people say that they would even consider purchasing from a buy button or link on social media. And in another study by SalesCycle, they found that over 50% of people buy from marketing emails at least once per month. And I know you're probably thinking, or at least some of you, okay, that's that's all great and dandy, but they're talking about e-commerce stores, right? Like people with physical products. We all get those emails every day loading up our inbox. But it's not just e-commerce brands or people with physical products that can benefit from selling on email. And not all of your emails need to be for a product or an offer or something that you're selling, especially if you're a service-based business or you're selling courses and programs online. They shouldn't all be sales emails. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. But the point here is that customers actually prefer to be sold via email than on social media. So if we could shift our perspective to see how we can utilize both social media and email marketing to grow our audiences and our business, we'll be set up for better long-term success and growth. This episode is brought to you by Daily Kairos. I've been using the Kairos Pro Journal since we first launched it back in 2019. I'm not joking when I tell you that this journal has completely changed my prayer life. 
as someone who did not grow up Christian and I honestly didn't read the Bible until my 20s, the Kairos Journal has really helped me develop a consistent habit of spending time in prayer and in the word every single day. Yes, even as a self-proclaimed non-journaler. It's been such a simple yet powerful way for me to prioritize my Bible time and reflect on all that God is doing in my life. If you'd like to try it for yourself, you can use code JORDAN for 10% off your first journal, and you can check them out at dailykairos, K-A-I-R-O-S.com. That's dailykairos.com. So what does it look like on a practical level then to make email marketing part of that business growth and marketing strategy? Prioritizing your email list is twofold. It involves growing your email list and it involves nurturing that email list. I think a lot of people leave that second part out. You can read a million different blogs on like how to start an email list or how to start growing it, but we can't leave out that second part of nurturing the list. But first, let's talk about how do we even grow the list to begin with? A lot of you guys are going to be familiar with opt-ins, freebies. You could use ads. You can use social media. All of that work that you're doing, whether it's paid or organic, should be leading those people somewhere, right? We don't want just to follow us on social media. Most people are going to use an opt-in or again, a freebie to get someone onto your list. So what you're doing is you're creating relevant content on YouTube, on your podcast, on your blog, on your reels, whatever it is. And then you have some kind of free opt-in that they want and they exchange their email for that gets them on their email list. So that could be a guide. It could be a workshop. It could be a free trial. It could be an ebook. It could be a free training. There's there's a lot of different ways to create opt-ins. And if you want to learn about opt-ins and which one's going to be the best fit for your business, I do have a blog post all about that. So I'll link up to that in the show notes. But the point is that you're creating content and you're doing all of your other marketing and business activities And while you're doing that, you're focusing on getting them onto a list through whatever that targeted relevant opt-in is. But it doesn't stop there, right? It doesn't stop once they're on your list. Once you get them to sign up or exchange their email in return for whatever kind of freebie you're giving them, you want to nurture them and serve them. And yes, eventually sell to them. Your email list is going to be a way for you to make money and it should be a way for you to make money. This is true whether you have a service-based business or an online course, product, offer, whatever it might be. How you nurture and serve your list is just as important as growing it and getting new people in it because you can have a thousand people or 10,000 people on your email list, but if you never email them, (laughs) then it doesn't really matter. Then you're actually probably spending a lot of time with organic or money with paid traffic to get people on a list that aren't converting. And that's the point. We want to get new leads on the list and we want to nurture them and lead them ultimately into some kind of sale or convert them into being a customer. And there are a few different ways to nurture and serve your list. The first way is simple and that's with a welcome or a nurture sequence. If someone is joining your list from a free opt-in, what this looks like is you're going to send them a confirmation email with the download or with whatever resource they've opted into. And surprisingly, (laughs) 
a lot of businesses just stop there. Like they send the freebie and that's it. And a lot of times it, they don't even customize the like default confirmation email, but there's so much opportunity here to nurture those leads and to do it in like really easy, simple ways. The simplest way to do that is just with a basic nurture sequence. This could be, you know, three to four emails over the next week or two that follows up with that lead after they've downloaded your freebie. So you could check in and see if they have any questions. You could send them other relevant blog posts or podcast episodes or YouTube videos to get them to consume more of your content. You can share personal stories of your own experience with that subject matter. And all of these ideas, all of these emails are building no like and trust factors. So now someone didn't just get one email and one resource from you, but they've started to see you and trust you as an expert in this field. And from there, it's pretty easy to lead them into a sale or an inquiry process for one of the relevant services or offers that you have. I'll give you a few examples here. First example is for a elopement photographer. So let's say someone downloads your free opt-in, which is the ultimate Colorado elopement planning guide, right? If they download this, you can send them, you know, portfolio images that are going to show not just your skills, but inspiration for them. You can share them tips and tricks. You could share, you know, testimonials that you have. But if you're an elopement photographer, someone that's going to download that, that resource could be super helpful in their planning, but then your nurture sequence could eventually lead them into inquiring to book you as their elopement photographer. Another example, if you go kind of more on the digital space, is if let's say a mom downloads a guide on like the 10 biggest breastfeeding mistakes and what you should do instead, right? Simple guide, I'm a new mom and breastfeeding heads up is actually way harder than people ever talk about. And so you download this guide and a nurture sequence could eventually lead them into an invitation to join your course that's all about breastfeeding. These are two totally different examples, right? One is a service-based photographer. One's a digital offer for an online course, but it's to encourage and remind you of the power of email marketing, of doing it really well with nurture sequences and sales sequences, but it's also a reminder of how important that opt-in is. I am a big fan of freebies and opt-ins, but I think that instead of having a bunch of random opt-ins on your site, if you can have one that is super relevant to this, not just your audience and their needs, but relevant to the services and the offers that you provide, it'll help you to not just serve your audience better, but it'll be a great lead generator for you, whether you have in-person services or you have a digital product. And the third way I'd encourage you to nurture your list as you're growing it is to email them consistently. I know that seems probably pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people have a list that's like gathering dust. Even if you're actively growing your list, right? Even if you have an opt-in and you're getting new leads in there, if you aren't actively emailing them and you're just relying on your automated sequences, it's not going to do as much to drive your business forward as it could if you're constantly nurturing new leads because someone could get into a nurture sequence. They could be done in a week or two and then it's just crickets. Like if they don't inquire or convert in that first nurture sequence, which again, isn't necessarily always the point of a nurture sequence. How are they going to learn from you or trust you or see you as an expert if you're not consistently nurturing those leads through weekly or monthly emails? Here's the problem that so many of us run into though. We want to email our list regularly. Like we know that that's important. We know we should email our list, but we just don't make the time for it in our weekly tasks. 
Or when we do, we kind of just stare at a blank screen and wonder what the heck we're supposed to write about this week. So I want to just give you two quick tips that have made this process way easier for me. The first is a free option, which involves a little bit more upfront work. And the second is a super affordable paid option that makes emailing consistently just really simple and easy and quick. The first option that I've used a ton in my own business and for clients and is totally free is to create a content calendar of topics for the year. I have a whole exercise that I go through with my clients on this, but essentially what I want you to write down is the topics that you're an expert in and that you want to talk about. So I'd say if you could choose 10 to 12 topics, roughly one for each month of the year, and then under each topic, you'll list four kind of subtopics or key points for that. And I'll break down what that looks like with an example in a second. But by doing that exercise and writing out a whole year's worth of topics at one glance, at one time, it's oddly way easier than like pulling up a blank screen that week and figuring out what in the world you want to write about. When I did this for my own business, it honestly took me less than an hour to go through that exercise. And I wound up having a weekly topic for 52 emails. Like I created my entire year's worth of content in less than an hour. And the reason I said kind of 10 to 12 topics is because some months you might have sales or holidays or launches that you want to fit in. So that gives you a little bit of flex room there. Let me give you an example though from my own business. So let's say one of my topics is email marketing, going off this theme here, then maybe the first week I might talk about the importance of an email list and why someone should grow one. And then the second week I can talk about how to actually grow your list and how to choose the right type of opt-in. And then the third week I could talk about how to build a welcome and a nurture sequence, maybe give a few examples of what to write or how many emails to include. And then the fourth week I could share some of my best tips on how to make sure you're emailing consistently and staying accountable with that. And there you have it one topic, email marketing, broken down into four subtopics, and then I have an entire month's worth of email content ready to go. And then it's just a rinse and repeat cycle, essentially. I use this method in my business for years, and it really makes it so much easier to plan one time to sit down to list them all out. And then when you go to write your weekly emails, you have a much more focused topic to write on than like, okay, marketing tips and business ideas in general. No, I can write on the importance of email marketing or how to build your first nurture sequence. So again, it's a totally free process. You can do it yourself. It's a little bit more upfront work that you sit down and like write it all out but it just makes that weekly task a lot easier and a lot less overwhelming to do. And if you want something a little bit more guided and less time intensive, then my best recommendation for you is my friend Liz's email marketing membership. I mentioned her membership briefly in last week's episode, but for those of you who haven't listened to that episode yet, or you need a little recap, Liz has a monthly membership where she sends you an email template every single week. Plus she has some really great trainings on the basics of like building your list, establishing trust, all of that. And it costs a whopping $9 a month. It's a ridiculous deal for what you get. Honestly, I would probably pay like $50 a month for this membership because even at $9 a month, if I use one of the email templates for the whole month, it's worth it to me. And sometimes I follow her templates exactly. She kind of has like the basic template. She has a video that walks you through it. And then she kind of does swipe copy with different ideas and industries to kind of help you figure out how to customize it for yourself. But she does that weekly. And so sometimes I'll pretty much follow the templates and kind of like mad lib it 
word for word. And other weeks, I just use it as a spark of inspiration. But ever since I joined her membership in November, I joined during her Black Friday sale, I haven't missed a single week of emailing my list, like since last November. It just makes it so easy and quick to email my list consistently in a way that provides value and doesn't just feel like it's an afterthought. Like I feel like I have to show up, I have to email them, so I'm just sending you something that doesn't really matter. So if you want to check out Liz's membership for yourself, I'll share my affiliate link in the show notes, or you can go to jordanjones.co slash EMM. And that's EMM for email marketing membership. So that is be linked up in the show notes for you if you want to give it a try yourself. But whether you decide to build out your own content calendar or you join Liz's membership or whatever you need to do to stay consistent, the important thing here is to stay consistent with emailing and with nurturing your list, even if you don't have anything to sell right now. I'd actually argue that it's super important to email more than just when you have something to sell or you're launching something. Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk, for those of you who might not be familiar with him, he has a super well-known approach to email marketing called jab, 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 right hook. And the idea is you should be jabbing, aka serving, your list way more than you sell, aka landing that right hook. I love this quote from him that says, there is no sale without the story, no knockout without the setup. And it's so true when it comes to marketing and email marketing, especially regularly emailing and nurturing lists is the setup. It's the storytelling. It's the serving that allows you to build trust, establish yourself as an expert, and eventually lead someone into a sale in a way that just feels really natural and not sleazy at all. And that's my hope for you guys as you're working on your own email marketing strategies, that you can grow your list, you can serve your people in a way that feels easy and makes your sales and the business growth even easier, no matter if you're offering one-on-one services or an online course, because I promise you guys, the money really is in your list. So my homework for you guys is this, just start prioritizing your email list. If you don't have an opt-in, check out my blog post, try to figure out what the right kind of opt-in is for you. Get a really simple nurture sequence set up. So when someone downloads it, even if they get one or two other emails from you, just build that know, like, and trust with them, serve them really well. And then anytime that you show up on social, anytime that you create a new YouTube video, whatever it might be, funnel people into the opt-in and start growing your email list. And then set a time on your calendar every week that you're also going to be showing up and emailing consistently, whether you're using you know, the content calendar method or Liz's membership. Just keep it simple and keep it consistent. I hope that helps you guys focus a little bit more and have confidence in how you can focus on growing your email list. And I'll see you next time on the Work and Worship podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Work and Worship podcast. I pray you leave encouraged and empowered to run the race that God has for you. And if you enjoyed our conversation today, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you are the first to know when each new episode drops every single week. And if you want to share some extra love and leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing. The reviews make a huge difference in how other folks are able to find the podcast, find the episodes. And we just know that there's a need for good, biblical, faith-filled content in today's world. So I would love if you would take a minute to just share it with someone, a friend, a family member. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. And I'll see you on the next episode of Work and Worship. God bless.